you're listening to the Talking Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is our summer 2020 anime season first impressions. And we're from the otakuspirit.com website, where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community in the form links at the top, social media links on the right side, and all that good jazz. But yes, it's time to dive into the summer season, let you guys know what is currently looking good, what may not look so good, and then give you like a general idea of you know, the story and what, what what's happening in it. So you can kind of get an idea of maybe there's something you're missing, missing out on, just because we know that not everybody watches every show, every season. So it's a good way to kind of give you a primer to know what you don't want to miss. And then eventually we'll do the reviews, <laughs> and then you can find out for sure. <laughs> it, but yeah, we usually go for about a three to four episode mark, usually a four episode mark. We, we kind of moved away from the three episode mark a long time ago and kind of realized that most of the time things kind of start you get a good idea on the fourth because yep. the third episode is usually that point of the story where you you know they get past those first volumes or so, and then you kind of have to figure out oh do they have staying power with the story? But uh, either way, it's always a first impression, so the story can go you know full punchline on us and do something completely different. But to give you a general idea of what's going on with these shows, it's always a fun little thing to go through. Usually, one of our longer episodes, our first impressions, but hopefully you guys in- enjoy going through stuff. So. Without further ado, dive into it. Let's try. Let's try it. <laughs> we'll kick things off with Rent a Girlfriend or Kanojo Akarishimasu. This one was streaming on Crunchyroll. Don't know how long it's been going. It's going to go on for. Probably going to be a single core show, as I would probably assume. Uh, being done by Studio TMS Entertainment, based off of a manga. And the genres are comedy, romance, school, and shonen. And the creator for this one is Reiji Miyajima, who did series composition for 22.7, which we actually enjoyed. And the other notable person is the series composition was done by Mitsutaka Hirota, who did Anamagatari's and Sweetness and Lightning, which are two positive ones from us as well. And, of course, the other notable thing is that the cast is kind of a pretty uh, – full of really, really well-known seiyus, ones that we really enjoy, like Ria Takahashi, Sora Amamiya – Yuki and now Toyama. So, good good voices in there. They're notable. So yeah, this one follows a guy named Kazuya. And when the story starts out, you pretty much realize that he's kind of heartbroken. He just got uh, pretty much broken up by his girlfriend, Mami. And in kind of a feat of desperation, he ends up renting a girlfriend. Because in Japan, if you don't know, there's pretty much rental services for everything you want. You can rent a mom if you want to. <laughs> Uh, but one of the more popular things in Japan is, well, not really popular, but something that they do have is the ability to rent a girlfriend. And he decides to rent a girlfriend, ends up being this girl named Chizuru, who goes on a date with them, kind of realizes that, you know, hey, this is kind of all fake anyways, but she still kind of goes along with it and kind of inspires him a little bit. He ends up kind of catching the interest of his ex-girlfriend and then, of course, the usual harem is kind of stuff starts hitting the fan for the for the main character so how's it how's it going for you so far i, I guess the other thing to note is that the reason why he kind of keeps going with this particular chizuru is that his grandma who's in the hospital is uh kind of overjoyed to find out that he has a girlfriend so he ends up pulling chizuru into kind of a fake relationship to i guess appease his grandma all in secrecy lying basically so <laughs> i it, it, it's funny because um I, I I absolutely despise the main character on this show. It's one of those things that I I, I find it amusing. Um, usually, I 
I can find some redeeming qualities on this guy. I just can't. I don't like this guy. He annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> and it's it is it is frustrating for the rest of the show because I do like Shizuru. I I one of the one of the things that happened in this last episode kind of made me think maybe there's a possibility that this guy is redeemable, but as it stands right now, I just I I don't like him. <laughs> Yeah, Yokoshiaki was pretty much the only good character in the show. <laughs> the last episode, I kind of joke with Chris at some point. I'm like, you know, I was planning on, because we watched four episodes, and after we watched third episode, I was planning on telling Chris, like, I really don't like this main character. And I think that's why I'm going to not end up liking the the girls in the show, because all I have their interaction and, and to get to know them is they're either enabling or messing around with this guy that I just don't like. So <laughs> it's like... And then we watched the fourth episode. I'm like, oh, cool. Finally, this this guy basically just told everybody, you know, you wake up, essentially. And I'm like, this guy's really awesome. He should be the main character, not not Kazuya. But no, it, it, I do agree. It's like, I, I really don't like the main character. And I, and I, like I said, I kind of, with characters like this, I usually try to find out where they're coming from. And obviously, he's he's a wreck because he really liked this girl. And this girl just basically dumped him. And he's kind of desperate. And... I can kind of see that as being a, a thing that would somebody would go through, but at the same time, I can't relate in any way because he just makes really stupid decisions. And like I said, I can't really find Cheezer to be that interesting because he's either combative or she's enabling him with this. Like, he'll be in a stupidest pity party and she'll still be like, oh, cheer up. Everything's great. And they're not cheer up, but more like a, you did a good job or something like that. You're not, not really saying that he's doing he's you know, to cheer up, but just kind of enabling him in the way of saying that he's doing the right thing. And it's like, why don't you just tell him to grow up? <laughs> that would be the better option for you to say, Chizuru, but instead you say that he's doing the right thing. You should say, grow up, move on, stop crying. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult one in that regard. I'm just, I'm, I guess I, cause even mommy, it's like, I, I, I want to love mommy because it's Aoyuki, but at the same time, she kind of has a manipulative side to her, so it's like, okay, well, she hasn't really shown me anything that's enjoyable about her. And so I'm like, i just waiting for maybe Ruka, maybe, but, uh, you know, Sumi, maybe she might be a, a better character to be in the show. I don't know. I'm just looking for somebody to actually be an enjoyable character. So, yeah, it, it's not that it's any, doing anything inherently wrong. It's just, like I said, the, it, you have a main character that really does make annoying decisions and cries about it every two seconds, so... We'll see. <laughs> yeah, not facing his own responsibility. It's really kind of annoying. Putting aside the the waifu factor and the main character factor, I think it's it is good in a sense because my frustrations are kind of more guided by the idea of actual character moments and the decisions the characters are making, which I think is making more of a it's doing more storytelling with him emotionally than just being a show about waifus. And I think I mentioned something about that in the preview. It was like, okay, this could either be one of those shows that is just waifu bait. Or it could actually be trying to make a... Like, I was pointing out the idea of, like, are they going to get into the moral implications of having somebody that is not necessarily your girlfriend and spending time with them and eventually getting bonds with them and then you have to pay the bill and then walk away. Having those moral conundrums within yourself, he, he's actually going through those. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is actually doing... It's not, and it's perfectly fine. I'd be perfectly fine with a show that is strictly just harem shenanigans and waifu wars. And it could have totally gone that direction. It could probably still do that. Currently, it's not doing that. It's currently doing 
more the moral implications and the struggle with a fake girlfriend and a girlfriend that an ex-girlfriend that technically is is implying is fake as well so uh and what that's doing to him and so i like that i i honestly do even though i do have my frustrations with him as a character i like the fact this show is technically trying to make a uh is affecting his moral standards and, and affecting his mentality and and he's having struggles with what he's doing so may not always be decision making based on those I, I think are logical, but we'll see if it goes forward doing something better with it. So it has it has potential there to make some kind of statements or or to really kind of fool with the character and, and make some kind of progress with them. So it's funny because I thinking about it, it's like I I actually the character who I should like is Mommy, and I don't like her. She's not she's not mischievous in any way, shape, or form. She's just flat out. Manipulative. Manip- well, I would. It's even, implying manipulative. Yeah, she's manipulative in a, so far. in a in a in a vicious manner, and I don't I don't like it. She's malevolent, and I don't I don't care for that. And she's Chizuru technically shouldn't really I I shouldn't care for her much, but I do kind of like her. She's 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 really sweet, and 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 it's frustrating because I while I don't really see her as. <laughs> I'm not going to say not enabling because I I do see Andrew's point. I I I see her as a a character who's trying to maintain a distance and she's having a hard time with Kazuya as far as being able to maintain that def- distance. She she just can't do it. He's too in in uh in enveloped in her life and she doesn't like that, but she can't really do much about it. So yeah, there is some really interesting things that are going on in here, but flat out, that because of how Kazuya is, it's just really, really hard to much care about what's going on in the rest of these people's lives. Yeah. That's uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend or Kanojo Okarishimasu. We'll see how that one pans out. Definitely going to be one that we'll keep up on. Though. Oh, yeah. So... Good stuff. Next one is God of High School. The God of High School is streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 13 episodes, uh, being done by Studio Mappa. The source is a web manga, and these genres are action, sci-fi, adventure, comedy, supernatural, martial arts, fantasy, <laughs> everything under the bridge, basically. Uh, the director is Seong Hoo Park, who did uh, Junie Tyson and Garo Vanishing Line. And of course, this is one that is being touted as an original for Crunchyroll. Um, based off of a manhwa and all that kind of stuff, which uh, essentially means that I will have to uh, struggle with names and figuring out. I think they're pretty much all pretty. There's a couple that are pretty <laughs> Korean, but most of the, the main characters are simple, so that's fine. This is not a Thunderbolt fantasy situation <laughs> that Andrew struggles with Chinese names and stuff. So, uh, yeah, this one follows, uh, takes place in Korea, and they have a essentially a what they call the god of war or god of war the god of high school sort of competition where uh high school students all get chosen to go to this big arena and they fight and whoever wins gets their wish granted i know that's uh something new never heard of it before but it's fine (laughs) this is how it's executed we say that with these set guys as well uh, so basically, the main character is essentially going to be Jin. Jin is uh, a boy who is going to go to those competition. He quickly runs into Han and Mira on the way there because they were trying to catch a, a purse snatcher. Um, 
all having these really crazy visions of the grandmother not being able to pay a hospital bill or something like that because she <laughs> lost her purse. It was very weird. Anyways, uh, so they go to the competition, start fighting each other. You quickly kind of realize that Jin has something special about him. He's some kind of bloodline. And, um, yeah, people fight each other. There really is not much to say here. So your thoughts of the god of high school? Oh, yeah, there's a wedding. Yeah, there was a wedding. There was a wedding in one episode. <laughs> the, the the funny thing about this show is um, I I really was not expecting to much care for it. I, I was interested in it just based on, okay, it's just stupid action. But I actually am surprised at how much hype the the first few episodes were able to maintain now the the last episode i want to say it seems like it dropped off a bit and maybe i'm hoping that it can pick it back up once they start getting back into actually doing something but as it stands right now it, i i really much enjoy very much enjoyed the the first few episodes it was very very capable of keeping up the action yeah and persona stands too that's apparently a thing in this that we've we've found out. <laughs> I thought it was just one person. Suddenly, I'm realizing. Wait, I think everybody's got like these oh, personas yeah, that the, pop out. That? And <laughs> so okay, this is a weird thing. Let's, okay, we'll go with this, I guess. So no, I I am. It, visually, it's very great. It's very. I mean, of course, it's Mappa. It's very visually impressive. A lot of great action scenes and fight scenes. Um, I I, I would kind of equate to something like Megalobox. Where Megalobox is like that, it builds that hype when the fight starts. The fights are always fun, entertaining. The music and everything just kicks in. So it, it does that same effect of having these really cool competitions that you enjoy watching. It's not just really crappy animation. It's actually some really cool animation sequences that make it, you know, really work. I, I think the only thing that really is, you know, more on the this side that doesn't really mesh as well as something like Megalobox. Megalobox at least had outside of the arena... It, there was an interesting world that you kind of wanted to learn more about, whereas this one's just kind of like, okay, there's some dude that can smash an island with his hand, and Mira apparently randomly out of nowhere has a a wedding in two minutes. <laughs> like she gets proposed to, and the next scene cuts, and she's in a wedding dress, and I'm like, what's going on here? So I, I struggle with the outside the uh, arena type stuff. I did enjoy getting Mira's backstory. Don't get me wrong, that episode was great to get Mira's backstory and her. Her reasoning for doing what she's doing, and I'm assuming Han's going to be next because Han's flipped out the last episode, and I'm certain the next episode is going to be them fixing him, finding out what's going on with him. Of course, we technically know that he's trying to save somebody's life, is in a hospital, but I, I don't know. I, I I think it's working. It's very entertaining. The last episode was kind of a flub, and I hope it doesn't continue to do that. I, the first few episodes were fantastic, and that wedding episode was just... Like I said, it felt like a flub, and I'm hoping it kind of just kicks back into doing what it does well, which is just have some cool fight scenes and some cool competition and hopefully some really good backstories to fit me wanting to root for somebody. I guess that's always an important thing with, with sports is to having a reason to root for somebody. Uh, not caring who wins is sometimes a detriment unless it's just a really cool action scene. <laughs> you can, might forgive it. But, uh Yeah. Good on that. We'll we'll see how it goes. And my usual joke: I'm glad to see Crunchyroll slabbed all over the walls as advertisement, and the and the arena is all slabbed with Crunchyrolls supporting the, uh, <laughs> the the fighting of high school students and nearly killing each other. So that's a good way, good thing to sponsor there, Crunchyroll. <laughs> we'll we'll see where it goes from here, but it's it's been fun so far. Book besides guy was, wedding, the book guy was disappointing. 
it was disappointing. I really didn't want. I I thought the book guy just doesn't fit at all. But <laughs> so I was happy to see it just he kind of left. I mean, it was Hopefully a it was left. a good fight, but he he was he was definitely disappointing. I was expecting him to do a lot more than he did. It was. Is yeah. a dude with a book and a baseball bat? What were you expecting <laughs> with a dude with a, a book he and a was baseball so bat? Freaking cool! And then they no. just kind of ruined him. No, he's, he's just dorky looking. Doesn't fit. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, the guy of high school. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the Misfit of Demon King Academy, or Mao Gakuen no Fute Kikutsu Shijo. Saikyo no Mao no Shiso Tensai Shite Shinsho Tachi no Gaku eh? <laughs> or the Misfit of Demon King Academy, history strongest Demon King reincarnates and goes to a school with his dis- descendants. So, yeah. As usual with novels, we have plenty of uh, exposition in our titles. So. I'm glad they managed to shorten it in the English version as the Misfit of Demon King Academy. <laughs> Even though I still have to read it. Uh, streaming on Crunchyroll, running for 13 episodes. The studio is Silverlink. The source is a light novel. The genres are action, demons, magic, fantasy, and school. And the director is Shin Aonuma, who did Unhappy Makoto Test F, Death March, Parallel Ma- Death March to a Parallel World Rhapsody or something like that. <laughs> Fate Collide liner movie, Kokoro Connect, and Watamode. So, a lot of a lot of stuff under his belt. But yeah, this one follows Arnos, who we kind of I think it was in the se- beginning of the second episode we find out that he was this big team and king guy, and at some point he decided this big war between the demons and the humans is just going on so long that he made a pact with the hero and said that he had a method of fixing everything. He's going to steal away. Pretty much the entire demon king, the demon world away from the humans, that they're kind of separated and they can kind of find peace over time. And they enact that Arnos is reincarnated. He part of the plan is that he was going to have himself reincarnated in the future, and so he's reincarnated. And within like what was it like ten months? Yeah, I think he said he was like ten months old at the time that he was going to school. But yeah, with instantly decides his own name when he when he's born. <laughs> then like quickly grows up to be, you know, a teenager in age. And then, like I said, the current time that this, this show is actually going on at, he's like 10 months old, but he's actually in high school because he just grew up so fast. He's that powerful. So he's going to this Demon King Academy thing, and uh, along with uh, Misha and Sasha, who are kind of the two main girls of the, the show so far, and showing off how amazingly superpowered he is because the world's kind of at peace but he's kind of from an age where demons were like super powerful. So he's kind of a a misfit in the academy because, you know, everybody is it's kind of an age where since peace has kind of made them weaker, he's super strong because he was from such a warring period. So so, so overpowered they couldn't even register his uh power. Yeah. Yeah. So your thoughts on the misfit of Demi? I guess the other thing is that you, you're kind of finding out more about Misha and Shasha. They're not just kind of side characters. A lot of the focus has been really strongly on them. Um, what's Why is everybody called Misha kind of a, a fake puppet? And then Sasha and how powerful she is. And she has these eyes that are she can't really control. They're like able to kind of destroy anything that she looks at. And yeah. I've, I've actually very much enjoyed this show. It's been... 
so much so far. I mean, there was a little bit of a um a weird thing going on at the beginning where we were uh effectively we were showing off how powerful Amos was or Arnos was against Sasha and and kind of uh displaying who's who's more powerful than whom and 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 that did seem like it kind of dragged on a little bit long but the the main crux of the story has been kind of fun just to go through it's 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 not doing anything special so don't expect that it's it's pretty much a a power fantasy trip and it it, it is a lot of fun as far as that's concerned and we're setting up the harem and getting into all kinds of goofy stuff so yeah so so far i've been 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 having fun with it it's not harem status yet not yet <laughs> but we're working on it unless you count the hero karna uh, kind of <laughs> he he technically probably be a part of the harem yeah i'm in the same men- mindset as i i the first episode was like yeah i got a little bit of a chuckle out of the whole idea of like killing off somebody and then like reviving them and then killing him off and then reviving him, like blasting them to nothing and then reviving him because he's so powerful and that he's like trying to break them by killing them and reviving them and killing them, reviving them, uh, turning some, one guy's brother into a zombie just to make them fix their relationship. <laughs> it's like, he's really, it, it, it has a bit of a comedic value to the overpoweredness, but it was one of those things where, yeah, after like one and two episodes, it was like, okay, this is starting to get, I'm starting to get that overpowered character fatigue. I get it. He's super overpowered. I do like his cockiness. He it in his voice is saved does a perfect job of portraying that kind of cockiness. But it was getting the overpowered character fatigue very quickly. And yeah, I kind of I I'm of the same mindset when it started getting into really it was when they started getting into Sasha, which essentially gets into Misha, that I'm starting to say, okay, cool, they do have something cool here they can do with the characters, and of course the backstory being the fact that there is technically everybody has almost had their memories rewritten. He's he's been reborn to this later age, but everybody believed that there's other person that was the the demon king. So he's like, well, no, wait, he was the demon king. So you can't really say that. They, it's almost as if his entire lineage was was wiped out through people's minds, their memories, what they they believe who the actual demon king was. So him getting into that could possibly be something cool but yeah getting into misha and sasha was really cool i love sasha she's just a she's absolutely that perfect sundetic character i love the eyes thing i thought yeah. it was really cool as well how he's like essentially getting the idea that she is really powerful if she can learn to control that power that she has so yeah it it it, it toys 99 well more like 85 90 percent of the time with the overpowered arnos thing and so if you don't like that whole aspect, I don't technically do most of the time. Um, it might be one of those shows that will get kind of annoying after a while. But it seems to be giving enough on the side in these last two episodes that lead me to believe that there's actually something more here than just that. So we'll see going forward. But it's, it's, been, it's been really funny um, in, a lot of, in a lot of cases. I think the parents are fantastic, though. <laughs> His parents are so great. <laughs> no, I, 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 I overly doting young uh, uh, parents because, like, technically, he's he's he grew old before you know they got any chance to actually grow with him. So they're just they're a kick. I was going to point out. I I agree on the on the eye thing. The eye thing absolutely got me in that last episode. It, it they, they they point out the the fact that when she lies, she her her eyes kind of light up or, or no no 
Her eyes don't light up when she's, she's lying. She whenever she's passionate is really what, yeah, what it is. When she lo- when she loses control of her emotions. <laughs> and and it was it was just absolutely just too too adorable to see her react to a certain situation in in this last episode and I just got a kick out of it. So yeah, it like I said it's 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 a lot of fun. I I I suggest it. They failed miserably at the whole time stopping thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? You can't run around in, in the outverts of time and still be able to move. It doesn't make any sense. He's overpowered, so it's okay. Let's just go with it. Uh, again, that's the Misfit of Demon King Academy. Check that out if that sounds fun to you. Next one, Monster Girl Doctor or Monster Musume no Oishan-san. Oishasan? 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 Yeah, Oishasan. Something like that. Uh, running on Crunchyroll. Uh, running for an unknown amount of episodes. Probably going to be another single uh, single core as well. Uh, studio is Arvo Animation. Sources light novel. Genres are comedy, romance, edgy, fantasy. Uh, director is Yoshiaki Iwasaki, who did Love Hina, Familiar of Zero, and Hazard 2. And series composition, Hideki Shirane, who did Day Day Live, Danmachi, and Dream Eater Mary. So. This one uh, takes place in a world with monster girls and monster people, essentially. <laughs> and humans, I... I they kind of talked about there was a war for a long time between the humans and the monsters at some point that kind of found peace. And uh, this is kind of following a, a human named Glenn while there's that peace going on. And he became a doctor for monster people. And so he has a clinic where he sees different patients that come in with different problems, solves those problems. And then his assistant, Safanita, whatever her name is, Saf, I'll say Safi. Safi. <laughs> I think they say their name was Safi, or her short was Safi. Uh, Safi gets jealous, and then the show's over. So your thoughts on Monster Gold Doctor? Monster, Monster Gold Doctor? Monster Gold Doctor. totally captured the yeah. show in a nutshell. That, that, Every that episode is, is go out, fix somebody, go and out, Safi fix gets somebody, angry. And, and, that, and, that and then is, she gets pregnant, apparently. <laughs> She's some, apparently pregnant. <laughs> <Some> pregnant. <laughs> um, no, and, and that 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 is the truth. A, she basically the, googled and got pregnant. The 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 frustrating thing about this show is I want to like this show, and a lot of the characters are very colorful and fun, but it they, you don't get enough time with any of them. I mean, the the closest thing that we, I mean, it's literally. So episodic. the 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 main character is is pretty much a blank slate. Yeah. Your your secondary character, uh, Safi. She while she can be in, she can be fun. She's she's so quiet. You're you're not getting enough out of her. Okay, so that relies on the patients because you literally your doctor and your nurse are not doing anything. So you have to rely on the patients, in which they are interesting. But you don't get enough time with any of them to explore any of what they have to offer. So you, we've literally gone through what four patients so far, or three? Technically three, yeah. And and, and there were and, some side ones, but they weren't that. They were like literally minutes. Yeah, and it's so it's it's really not been much of anything. That that's the really biggest frustration with the show. I want to like it, I really do. But as it stands right now, I'm just ambivalent, and I I watch it. I'm hoping for something to change, but as it stands right now, it's it's just doctor visits. Yeah, and, and I you guess know that's, how fun that is. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm as well. I mean, it, the, the technically the question that comes up with a show like this is: Is it going to be one of those animal girl? fetish type things which yeah technically can 
it definitely gets in that realm. I mean, you have Kunai, who he was trying to suture her back together, and she's literally losing herself in the alleyway. We ch- checked some gills, and the gills did that, too. Yeah, the gills were <laughs> definitely implying something there. Did, so we, I, did we get that on the on the horseshoes, too? Yeah, she technically didn't like him going between her legs and scraping up her foot, but that's, yeah, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm in the same mindset. I, I really don't... Glenn is very blank, not really much to him. I mean, he's a very caring person, and he's very smart, but he's very... He's got that book attitude where he's just doesn't really realize what he's doing. He just does it, and and everybody kind of freaks out because he's just doing it. And yeah, I, Safi really get nothing out of her personally. But so yeah, like I, I was kind of going to be in agreement with you in the idea that essentially the way this story seems to be working so far is that the storytelling is through the patients, and it's always just the patients. So the patients have to have either a really good story or personality that you're going to be attached to you want to get into what is their issue or you're wanting to get into what is this new character and what are they going through and it's not like he's a psychiatrist so they're not really going to get into deep storytelling or anything like that they're really just going to get into this their problem so like with uh Tessalia, who's the centaur is just getting into the fact that she just never you know got her her horse or her feet fixed and get horseshoes put on or anything like that so she has a balance issue so figuring that out because really the the storytelling there getting into Kunai and what her issues is with, with doctors, that really is all that is. So, yeah, I'm the, main, main, the same mindset is I, I kind of want something out of this, but at the same time, I don't really feel like I get much out of each episode, and I think the chemistry is just not really there. I mean, yeah, Safi's always jealous. That's basically it, and all the girls fall in love with Glenn after they have one patient visit with him, so mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? Um, it's good. It, it's it's fine the way it is, but at the same time, it's not really doing too much so far. But we'll we'll see going from here. Yeah, and, and CGI tails is really weird. Not sure why they decided to CGI her tail. CGI fairies, Zephys. Uh, yeah, I was talking. Oh about yeah, the fairies. fairies were CGI too. That's true. Look, Chris pointed out one. Good job, Chris. You pointed out a CGI moment. Um, yeah, that's Monster Girl Doctor. Not not much to to talk about there, but it's a cool world, though. I I I would like to kind of explore the world more. It's it's got kind of a cool ecosystem set up there. I mean, they were getting into this whole thing where they had this huge organization building like waterways for all the 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 mermaids and stuff like that. It it does have a cool, fascinating kind of environment that they were in, but of course they don't really spend too much time digging into that stuff. But that was a, that was probably the one moment in the entire show that I was really kind of invested in. I'm like, cool. It's like the it's really digging into all the little elements of the actual world itself. While they were going on a market trip. Decadence. Decadence is our next one. This one's streaming on Funimation, running for twelve episodes, being done by Studio Nut. The source is an original. The genres are action, sci fi, adventure. The director is Yuzuru Tachiwaka uh, Tachikawa who did Death Billiards, Death Parade, Mob Psycho 100, and assistant work with Terran Residents. And the writer is Hiroshi Tseko, who did uh, writing for Attack on Titan, Lost Scrolls, and script and series composition for Vinland Saga, Attack on Titan, Seraph of the End, and Kevin Ever the Iron Fortress. So, Yeah, this one... Uh... 
the, I, I, I know I that he's. I know I, exactly. I guess I, the the part cross of my age next crossing <laughs> crossing. Moving on. It, it, Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. It's <laughs> it's one of those weird things where it's it. Everything about this is going to be difficult to discuss, mostly because of their quote-unquote hook, if you want to call it that. Um, it Twist, if you want to call it that. It's what you're given in the first episode is not what you're given in the second episode. In the second episode is an absolute... You're trying to fi- yeah. grasp at something to understand what the heck it's, is going on. It's not until about... What the third episode that you start no, trying I, to I, you start understanding it basically? I'm, I'm of a different mindset. I believe the second episode, the very beginning, explains it all. It's just it does, but it's just it is one of those ones where clear. when you see it, you're like, "Is are they implying that? Not really implying, but are they saying that this is how it's working?" And then after a while, you're like, "Yeah, that's literally what they're going with." And I'm like, "I don't know if I like what they're doing." <laughs> like, I, I, and that's and that's that's how I am still is I I still don't don't think I like what they are doing at all. It, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a it's the story that they're trying to tell and the story is just flat out. I don't want to say distasteful. I just don't like it. I, I just I don't like it. No, I. I so soft. I mean, it's basically soft spoilers because it's literally t- it tells you it it. Dumps a bunch of information on you on the, the beginning of the second episode. Uh, so if you really want to go into it and have that, like, what the heck is happening moment with the second episode's opening, be fine. Go do that. But it was a really annoying thing because in the first episode, I'm like, cool, this is a really cool idea. It's basically they have this huge, gigantic tank that has a whole civilization on it that's driving around. I mean, if you watch Kino's Journey, there was that big, huge civilization, uh, civilization on that tank that rode around and destroyed everything that went through. It's kind of like that concept. Um, so every, all of humanity is on this huge tank that's rolling around, and it's a big, huge tower with people living in it and homes, and and everything's all in one. Uh, essentially, they are – it's a fortress because there's invaders that came in. They're attacking all humans, and so this was their safe haven was to get on this tank and ride around in safety. And you kind of see this overlook of the world, and the world just looks like it's destroyed, and they're kind of all living in this one area of – earth that's still inhabitable it's almost in like a dome uh protected from some kind of outside bad environment or something like that god holes so it was kind of cool there's like idea that you know there's this tanker girl that, and, and then in this particular fortress the decadence they have uh two different classes there's the tankers and then the what do they call them? gears the, the gears or something like that uh so there's the people that just work on the weapons and maintain decadence and then there's the people that actually go out and fight these aliens that are attacking them. And I'm like, cool, it's a cool little world. Let's see where it goes from here. T- the the engineering girl wants to become one of those attackers, but they tell her that she can't. Um, so she's working on the side of the tank, trying to figure out how she can possibly earn the ability to go out and fight because she lost her dad a long time ago to these bad aliens. She just wants to, she wants a, a day of peace. She wants to make the world a pe- at peace. And then cut the second episode opening, <laughs> and suddenly out of nowhere, we find out that oh, it, the okay, people that are they, going out to attack—they're all inside this digital world that's inside. I think they're inside the decadence. Well, they haven't really said exactly where this digital versions of all these attackers is stored, but there's like this digital world that all these people are inside, and then whenever they decide that they want to, 
they can take themselves and place themselves inside of an avatar that gets placed in the decadence, and then they can go out and fight the aliens. It's like a sport. And then, but the people that are working on the decadence, they're actually humans. They're not in this digital world. So they just think that they're trying to survive, while at the same time in this digital world, it's all a game to them. So it's like, yeah, I, I guess I agree with you in the idea that like uh, this is kind of screwed up. Mankind's the the last remaining mankind's on this tank, and it's protected by people that are from a digital world that just want to have fun and kill these aliens, and they don't really have any investments in protecting the people that are actually on the tank, that are humans that have only one life. Because if they go out and they attack and they die, they just go back to the digital world and they can get a new avatar and they can go back out and fight. So it's, it's kind of like a it's kind of like if you were playing an FPS shooter and you run out there and you shoot and you die and you just go back to the respawn point. But somewhere in that battlefield, there's civilians running around trying to survive. They die once and they don't respawn. It's kind of like that concept. Yeah. So. It, 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 and that's the, the – because the, they're literally um, like not somebody wants to be one of these fighters. To, Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, when you become a fighter, you are, I'm guessing, being taken well, over that, by these digital entities, and then you go out and you die because they don't give a crap. Yeah, they're and just that, avatars. They yeah. go out there and they die. I, and that, and that's it, it, it's it's not like I said it's it's his story to tell. It, it's just it doesn't it doesn't jive with me in any way, shape, or form, and it's really really frustrating. I want it to work. It just it's not. Well, I don't really care if it works or not. So, <laughs> so. After a while, like I, I hate that digital world aesthetic that they went with. It just, it kind of just completely clashes with the very gritty and and like steampunkish looking style of the actual world. So that was the really the big annoying thing was that we went through an entire episode of like this very steampunk, gritty engine, oily type world that's in siege and in danger. And then immediately in the beginning of the second episode, we're watching goofy-looking avatars in a digital world walking around going, oh, that's all basically pointless. And that was my frustration. Like, it was that frustration of you just undermined everything. The only thing that really is the hook for me at this point going forward, and it's kind of been doing that pretty well, is introducing this idea that you have somebody that has – that can technically – yeah, they tell they still can technically lose something. But somebody who technically can't lose in this world now possibly wanting to protect somebody that can lose something in this world that is trying to fight for the world. And that meaningless versus that meaningful mentality is something that is doing something really cool with it so far. The idea that Kaburagi realizes the futility of everything trying to protect Natsumi who wants to protect it because she has such a passion because of what she's lost in the past – is technically the thing that has drawn me to it. So it is it is redeeming itself from that second episode beginning, but I don't know if it's going to do something good because like I said, it's already it's already laid out that everything is pointless. <laughs> and that's the struggle. I, 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 I don't I don't wanna I don't I, I do wanna kind of uh, emphasize on that that point because I do agree. Kaburugi and Natsume are and they're the main characters, so they have to if, if there's going to be any hope in the no, show. Pipu's the main character. <laughs> Pipe is. Um, <laughs> it, it, I and and it is frustrating because Kaburagi being the one that's being kind of hit from several different angles of 
you know, the the guy who's telling him he has to destroy the bugs and, and all that crap, and he is the one that's protecting the bugs, is, is kind of an interesting thing. So Bugs are basically abnormalities in the whole system. Right. And and it's 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 one of those things that I do kind of like their their interplay. I so I'm, I'm I'm I haven't completely written off the show. So don't get me wrong. I I just like I said, I, it's not working for me as it is right now. It's gonna be a hard one to review. I just don't know if it, what. And I like. I guess that's the thing. Is it technically this is the one that we're talking about the most, and so it's always that element of like, is it technically bad because it's causing such a conversation? <laughs> Um, but that again, that, it's a whole co- cross range thing. Where in the end, is it going to be something that I can say was a good idea or not? Is always the is always the question. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it. Good luck to the writer. <laughs> I hope it, it. It's it's like it's on the line. You're either going to screw up or you're not. We'll see what you do. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see. Decadence. The cross range of summer 2020. <laughs> we haven't had a cross <sighs> in a while, so. Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. This is our next one. The next one is Uzaki-chan wa Asobate. This one is uh, streaming on Funimation, running for 12 episodes. It's being done by Studio ENGI. The source is a manga. The dramas are Slice of Life, Comedy, and Echi. And serious composition is being done by Takashi Aoshima. Who did Yuri Yuri, uh, Uzumai, Uzumaid, Noken, If for Flag Breaks, Manami K, and Kotorasan. Uh, this one follows a guy named Sinichi Sakurai. He is just going into college. Well, now he's going to college. He's like in his second year of college. And his new kohai that shows up at the same college is a childhood friend of his. Her name is Uzaki, is the title of the lady. Her name is Hana. And uh, Hana Uzaki. Kind of at first, you know, they greet, and then she's like, okay, cool, it's, it's good seeing you again, and then kind of goes on her way. Then over time, she keeps seeing him in random locations, being isolated and either playing a video game or just kind of slouching and doing nothing all alone. And so she decides that she is going to bug the hell out of him <laughs> just to make his college life a little bit more fun. She will not let him go and keeps kind of pushing him into doing different things, going to karaoke, going to movies. Uh, together, just so that he's not alone and stops being a loner, and um, drives him completely mad and angry. He loves it. He loves every minute of it. <laughs> I don't know. He seems like he likes it lately, but for <laughs> like three episodes there, it didn't seem like he liked it at all. I we could do with less of that stupid cat, though. I have I abs- get the cat thing. <laughs> like I thought he was going to be like some crazy, you know, randomly out of nowhere. He's an old man reincarnated as a cat, and he keeps talking. And the, no, he just he just shows up with weird eyes. And <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Why would you show us the cat again? I don't get it. I have absolutely loved this show. It's been way too much fun. I absolutely adore Hana. I I love the interaction between the two. Um, I have gotten a kick out of the the uh, the bartender or not bartender the coffee shop owner or the master and uh, and his daughter they've been or is it his granddaughter it's his daughter and it, they're 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 just poking at these two just to get them riled up and and it's been too much fun to watch them I I, I can't suggest this enough it's 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 absolutely the 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 chill out goof off fun show of the this this season definitely. Yeah, it's funny because it, it, it is one of those ones where uh, her Seiyu does it. Like, her Seiyu yeah. pulls off that loud, obnoxious gankiness that 
Uzaki seems like she would be. So it ends up working out really well in the end. I, I think it, it, it's it's one of those shows where I think I enjoy it a lot, but there is a times where I kind of feel like, okay, the, the, the punchlines aren't really hitting and it's not really doing too much. But then there's times where just it's absolutely absurdity. The whole... <laughs> falling inside the bush and him trying to pull her out of the bush and just the the impl- the the what people can perceive that as was absolutely crazy i i do like her as a character because she is one of those like you think that she's a total dense but she's not really she kind of she knows what's going on she's not like completely oblivious to things and when you do have those kind of accidental happenings between the two of them, she doesn't immediately turn to violence like most female characters do. And, you know, when something happens accidentally, she doesn't blame him, which I do really appreciate. <laughs> She's actually, like, really cool. So it is, is it, it works because she's such a likable character. She's not, she's not a ditz, but she's kind of, it seems like she's airheaded, but she's not. She's just a lot of fun, and she, you know constantly wants to play so yeah i i i'm I, i'm of the mind that it's, it's one of those shows where i think i find half of it really really entertaining and then half of it's kind of like that was that was all right so we'll see going from here but it's, it's been a lot of fun so far and i think that's just because uzaki's just a fun character i'm gonna be very disappointed if they're not married by the end of the, the this show just just saying doubt it just saying very much so doubt it <laughs> it's a it's anime they don't get married in anime unless you're in the god of high school and then you get like a 10 minute marriage (laughs) the other fun thing about the the whole thing is that they've they've kind of already started making hana uzaki into like a a vtuber and they're already doing like these little i I seen like a uzaki plays uh earth defense force thing and so they have her on the screen kind of like a vtuber and screaming and hollering as she's shooting all these big huge insects that you do and Earth Defense Force, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Maybe she'll become a VTuber star after this. So yeah, as Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. Moving on, we have Super X HX Arrows or Dioku Hentai HX Arrows. This one's streaming on Funimation. I have no clue why. Uh, it's going for twelve episodes. We'll see how long it can make. <laughs> if it can make twelve episodes. And uh, the studio is Project Project Number Nine. The source is a manga. The genres are action, comedy, supernatural, ecchi, school, and shonen. And this one is following a guy named Injo, and it's kind of modern times Japan. But the Japan is—I don't know if it's worldwide. I think it's just Japan. I don't know. I forget. I know that I know that they they do want to attack the entire world. But anyways, uh, these Casey Jews, what they call them, Casey Shoes are these kind of aliens that are coming in to attack the world and they want to sap the... They want to end humankind by making them go extinct. And the way that they plan on doing that is to pull the H out of everybody, the 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 the, the desires, the sexual desires out of everybody in the entire world so they, of course, don't mate and don't have kids. I guess that's the whole idea. <laughs> that's what it seems like. Queen Beryl that was talking in the last episode seemed to be pretty dead set on that so yeah they're trying to take all the ero out of everybody by zapping them of their h's the h gene or something like that i forget what they were calling it but yeah Injo is a character who is a part of this kind of secret group that uh basically uses the power of ero to attack these casey shoes and so 
yeah, he's joined with his childhood friend, Hoshino, who joins them pretty much in the first episode, as you kind of imagine. Uh, Shiroyuki, uh, Momozono, and Tinkuji, who are all kind of bunked up together in the same little household just so that they can find ways to help each other build their arrow H powers. And then they go out and they fight the, the bad guys that are trying to drain it from people. So, your thoughts on Super HX Eros? I do like the 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 etchy side of this show. It is kind of fun to to that they goof off. Um, it's just just above uh, just 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 making that that fun level. It's it's it it hasn't really done anything super interesting. It it, it kind of ha- plays on this kind of sentai feel, but it's not really doing that so much. It's, so far, it's been kind of hard. Just, whenever they use their powers, their clothes to shred. Yeah, and they have it, to run away. I, it's true. <laughs> They're not transforming and then and then doing poses in the middle of the yard. It's literally, they do it and they have to run away. Yeah, they, they always keep a pair of granted. Clothes. Granted, at the same time that whatever they're fighting, they're beating in one shot, so it's not yeah, really punch. that much of a problem. Um, I think the last episode was the first time they've ever actually bumped into something they've had a problem with. So, but it, it is, it, it's just right there as far as a goofy, you know, fun, etchy show. It's just not, not doing that much right now. Yeah, pretty much the same mind. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a dumb, etchy show so far, in my opinion. I mean, it, it technically was playing a little bit on some emotional strings between Enjo and Hoshino and this whole idea that, she technically really liked him, and they had that whole element where they got attacked by one of these Casey Jews, but then you kind of realize that it's it's talking about like their <laughs> again their their arrow powers or their, their horniness powers that they kind of are losing, and it's like okay, it's hard to take it too seriously at that point. I mean, the characters are cute. Um, again, the etchy moments are a lot of the comedy of this, so. Other than that, it's just really just a dumb, etchy show. So if you're looking for that, definitely jump into it. But you're not going to really find anything outside of that so far, in my opinion. Um, at least Enjo's not a crappy character like another show. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a cool guy. So, uh, yeah, Super HX Eros. Check that out if you're looking for a Sentai etchy show, I guess. <laughs> Lapis Relights. Or Lapis Relights is the Japanese version of it. I know it's significantly different uh running on funimation for 12 episodes studio is maisu mausu i guess uh the source is original the genres are music the director is hiroyuki hata who did recently my sister is unusual and yuri yuri series composition by hajime asano who did is the creator of mayo chiki and a spin-off manga for classroom crisis another crisis uh this one takes place in like a fantasy world-ish type setting some princess girl named Tiara shows up at a school where different girls can kind of train in magic and come to find out the she gets quickly shoved in a particular group or a particular uh, club that is uh, occupied by her childhood friend as well as three other girls and come to find out it was a really bad decision for her to get thrown into this group even though she is now with her childhood friend because that particular it seems like every single club is kind of grouped together in their point there's some kind of point system there's a hierarchy system to points so as you do good in the classes you can gain points but if you do bad you can lose points and this particular club is pretty much the point where they're 
going to be the they are the lowest and at some point whoever the lowest is at that particular point in the school will get expelled and so they're now technically trying to get their points up and uh not to get expelled <laughs> um yeah and so there's other there's other groups that have different girls in them and they all have their own point system and I don't know what what point they're going to really get into this, but I I thought early on this was going to be one of those. I thought it was going to be an idol sh- idol groups inside of a magical school, but we've only seen one group actually do an idol performance. So I don't know what point this is going to suddenly turn to a, an idol show. But so far, only one performance, and I guess we've only technically watched three episodes of this one. It's like this is the only show that we've only watched three episodes of. Um, maybe it gets crazy with the fourth episode, but so far. They haven't really had too many. I mean, they've they've had certain characters randomly break out in some kind of singing, like Tiara in the first episode just randomly decides to start singing on a on a uh, outside at some point. But yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. I, I, I yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, that's that that's pretty much my my biggest. I I don't know what this show is supposed to be as <laughs> it stands right now. It's kind of like a cute girls doing cute things. It just so Hogwarts. happens that they're. <laughs> Yeah, they're cute in girls a, doing cute things. Hot works, and, and they they just so happen to be in a magical school, and they went and chased a duck. That's pretty much what I've gotten out of this show so far. Um, it, it seems like it should be an idol show, but then they go and play some kind of weird dodgeball ish game. That was and fun. I liked the dodgeball dodge thing. The do- dodgeball game was fun, but it, it, it the, the the point is what the point I'm trying to make is as it stands right now, I don't know what this show is supposed to be. It's it's doing so many goofy things. While like I said, the best thing that co- it covers right now is cute girls doing cute things. But it's not they're not and I'm not gonna say they're not cute girls. It's just that it's not it's not coming off as a cute girl doing cute things, even though that's the best descriptor of this show. Yeah, I think it's the now. Here's the here's the thing where I'm bringing up the whole school idol thing because, like I said, I, I uh, or the this the idol show thing altogether is that, like I said, they have them all each grouped in certain groups, and we've already seen one of them perform, and I was assuming it was going to be the case from the very beginning. So I don't remember if it was like some kind of key art or something that kind of led me to believe that was going to be the case. Like it was going to be an idol show. It just kind of had that aesthetic to it maybe. But the the issue that comes with something like this is when you it, it kind of is portrayed as being an idol show. That we're going to have music CDs for every single one of these groups. That's going to be the big moneymaker. That's why they create this kind of stuff is to have this kind of multimedia project where they're going to sell these groups of girls, sell their music... And people are going to buy them up. And that's how they make their money with this kind of stuff. The issue that comes with a show based off of idols is that you either have to condense it to one group and focus on that one group to the point that you can actually get some good storytelling of those characters. Or you just have to sell me on just the groups as as units and sell the music. And I don't think it's technically doing either one of them very well. I like I said I've had a lot of I had a lot of fun with the dodgeball episode and that was the last one. The first two episodes wasn't really doing much. I mean the yeah decent introduction with the first episode, but it wasn't really doing much after that. So maybe the third episode with the whole dodgeball thing being a lot of fun with the magic and stuff what, might the duck lead into something the duck good. Didn't work for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe going forward it will do something better, but. 
don't know. So far, it's not really selling too much on the characters, and it, it doesn't really do much outside of that. So we'll, we'll see going forward. But so far, it hasn't really done too much. So, But again, only three episodes of it. Maybe the fourth episode was a was a was a more telling point to it than anything else. So Lapis Relights. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you. This is funny because I think uh I think Anime RK was talking about watching Lapis Relights because they're, you know, very big on the idol idol type shows and idol groups. And so I didn't really think about it at the time. It was like I watched this much of this show and They've only had one performance. I hope they're not too super dissatisfied with like the most unidle show show ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Next one is Japan Sinks 2020 or Nihon Chimbotsu 2020. Uh, yes, technically this is all already out already. You can watch all. I think it was ten episodes. I don't know why I have put twelve episodes on here. Um, you can watch all the episodes. They're all on Netflix. You can check it out right now. Um. I was only planning on maybe watching about two episodes and then going, okay, cool, that gave me a good in- first impression of it so I can kind of let you guys know. I ended up watching like six episodes of it. <laughs> Just end up binging through it. But uh, yeah, it's running on Netflix. Again, all ten episodes are available now. Uh, being do- it was done by Science Saru. The source is a novel that was written by Sakyo Komatsu back in 1973. Of course, they've pretty much modernize it by making it set in 2020 so there's even though it was written back in 1973 it's got smartphones and stuff like that uh yeah the director is masaki uh yuesa who of course did all the you know devil um devil man crybaby ping pong all that kind of stuff like that very very popular director uh it's good. It's nice to see it so far. Like I said, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I'm like 60% through it. So far, I think this is going to be the first Masaki uh, show that I actually like. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a thing. Well, again, I haven't watched all the way through Ping Pong, uh, the animation. So um, maybe Ping Pong, the animation will be good as well. So yeah, uh, essentially... As it kind of implies with the title, this one follows a, a girl named, well, it basically follows a family. Uh, Ayumi, uh, who is the daughter, Mari, who is the mother, the father, Choichiro, and the son, Go. And at some point, uh, Ayumi is doing track and field stuff. Uh, the father is working at a stadium. The mother is on a plane back from somewhere to Japan. And the son is just kind of chilling in his house playing a video game and suddenly out of nowhere there's a small earthquake and everybody kind of gets a little jostled and then a very huge earthquake hits that basically completely devastates the entire japan and as again the, the title starts to lead a lot of water coming up from the ocean and everybody's just trying to figure out how they can survive get to high land avoid disasters all around them and uh kind of find each other of course really early on a lot of the a lot of the characters just trying to find their family get back together find a safe location and just survive and um yeah that's that's essentially the gist of japan sinks i don't know if it's going to even at this point where i'm at i don't know if it's going to really kind of jump into anything outside of that it's just really a survival story and Early on, it had like this very kind of what the hell is going on moment, which I don't know if they're ever going to really get into, but it it definitely is just really kind of strictly a survival story. 
And I think so far with that, it's doing it very, very well. I will say, and this is, again, technically because I've gotten that far into it, The I think it was the fifth and sixth, maybe the fourth and fifth, maybe fifth and sixth. I don't know. Somewhere in there, <laughs> there's like this whole cult thing they get into, which I'm like, this is probably the one point that they probably could have just left out. <laughs> I don't know why this has to be in here. Uh, it felt very out of place, but that's fine. Uh, overall, it's just been a really great experience. I I think the the way that it tells it, it's very it, very well done. He, the directing in this is very spot on. It does it does the the moments of impact, the moments of devastation, the silent moments afterwards, the the cases of unknown, the feeling of trying to survive, the the selfishness that you find yourself in when you're just trying to survive. Uh, all that stuff is just being hit on extremely well. Uh, the the main key things that really do hit, and it is a very violent show. It it really hits on kind of the the very frailness of human life, how quickly things can be taken away from you. It hits on that very well. Uh, it doesn't really hold back in a lot of cases with that. Um, the only thing I would probably say is the negative is I, you know, similar to a lot of stuff that with the. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Uesa or just Science Saru. They have a lot of problems with keeping characters on model. It often just very weird. And I had the same issues with uh, Devilman Crybaby. I just felt like every now and then suddenly the characters look really wonky. Um, so I don't know if that's just a style of choice that they do, but I really don't like it. <laughs> like bodily figures and stuff just look really off for some reason. Uh, some points of animation look very low on the cuts of frames for the characters running or something like that. I don't know what, why they do that, but it's just something they do quite often. Um, and I felt like the first episode with the first impact of it felt very, it felt like they cut out a lot of scenes. Like you would suddenly have them acknowledge the tsunami coming and then it cuts away <laughs> or you see the the person in the plane and the plane is going to have to land in the, uh, the river and then it cuts and it's already landed. And it's like, why aren't we showing like the impact of what's happening? And keep cutting away to another character and then coming back and the and the incident's done and over with. So that was a huge issue that I had with the first episode. But other than that, it was it it's it's nailing devastation, it's nailing the fragility fragility? The fragility of life. It's nailing the the importance of family and and, and protecting what you what's important to you. It's knowing all those very well. It's very devastating at the same time. Very, uh, it reminds you what's important, and I think that's one of the really cool things about uh, tragedy storytelling when it's done in a way that's not Michael Bay and it's all about the explosions. <laughs> Even though I just complained about not showing when a plane wrecks or not showing when the tidal wave hits, um, it's it's hitting the important things, and I think that's one of the good elements about it. Besides the cult segment, it could have been left out and not harmed anything. So I know I, I very, I'm very tempted to just finish off the 10 episodes and maybe just do a quick side review, but um, it's been excellent so far. Just be warned. It's doesn't hold back anything. It's very graphical. Um, there is also for some reason in that cult segment, a random sex scene, which I don't know why it was even there, but it randomly is there. So that again, that's a Uesa thing, I think, because <laughs> that was the same thing they had with Devilman Gravity. Suddenly out of nowhere, there's a sex scene. Okay, we're doing this, right? Cool. Um, so keep that in mind. It, it sucks because it's one of those things like, why is this even here? I could probably have like watched this with other family members, but no, we have to have a random pretty showy 
sex scene out of nowhere, which it could have done without it. Like, it's funny because they had, like, this whole segment where everybody's taking a shower, and everybody's wearing their clothes in the shower. It's like, it, it it's taking the time to show me them in the shower, which I don't necessarily need to see them in the shower, but now that you're showing me them in the shower, they're wearing all their clothes. So now I'm wondering why they're wearing clothes in the shower, but then, like, an episode later, you're showing, like, a full-on sex scene. It's like, why? What are we doing? <laughs> um, is an issue. Except for these two. Let's just show it full on. Uh, very weird decisions there. Not that I need to see them in the shower. But if you're going to show me in the shower, why are you showing me with their clothes on? It just makes me wonder. Yeah. Japan Sinks 2020. And I, <laughs> just glad I put a note down. <laughs> I, have to, I have to bring this up because I found it very funny. Very, very funny. So, at some point... I'll, I'm not going to really say exactly what's happening. I'm just going to be very vague here. But anyway, at some point... Uh, the main girl, she bumps into somebody that cannot speak. And she notices that he keeps tapping on something. And she keeps he keeps blinking his eyes. Of course, most people that know anything is going to immediately go, he's doing Morse code. Obviously, he's doing Morse code. Because the, the like a couple scenes earlier, you had you went out of the way to show another character doing Morse code. And now you're showing a character blinking and tapping. You're obviously telling the audience, this guy's doing Morse code. Why can't the main character figure it out? <laughs> but anyways, she figures it out. And this is, I guess, one of those troubles with trying to modernize an old book. Is now they have, of course, smartphones. And I'm sh- I'm certain at some point in the book, there was a point where somebody had to figure out Morse code to figure out what this guy's saying. She pulls out her phone, somehow gets an internet connection. I think they, are, I think they established they got internet connection back, so I'm not going to be too critical on that. She downloads a Morse code app. And so she starts trying to figure out what he's saying. Each point, one by one, ka, g, all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> she figures out what he's going to say. Skip forward. <laughs> and this guy starts tapping again in a later segment of the story. He starts tapping again. This other person comes out, walks up to him, takes his smartphone, hands it to the guy, <laughs> and lets him type it on the keyboard. <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! Sorry. Did you hear me busting up laughing earlier? I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't. Oh. <laughs> this, this girl sitting right next to him, and the dude pulls out his phone and just hands it the guy and says, "Here, type it." <laughs> and it was so much quicker because I mean, her getting this Morse code. I mean, because you're 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 literally you know tap, hold, tap, tap, tap. That's one letter essentially. And she did this for, like, so many letters, and it took so long. And he just walks up and goes, here, done. <laughs> or, like, just a pen and a paper. Hand it to the guy. Oh, it was great. Anyways, I just, I wanted to tell that story. I, I was laughing so hard. It was, Pure brilliance. It was great. I just, I, I maybe I'd cut it off too early, because I was like, I literally, I'm done. I, I, I went off to make dinner and stuff. So it was like, I, maybe, maybe, like, right after that scene, maybe Ayumi goes, Oh, that, I guess we could have done that. <laughs> or just have the guy look over at Yumi and go, Yeah, you could have done that. It would have a lot easier than have me blink a whole bunch of times. Uh, anyways, uh, next one is Diary of Our Days at the, at the Breakwater. Uh, or Hakogo Taibo Nishi. Now, we've technically done our first impressions on this already. But I did kind of want to come back to it in case you wanted to add anything additional to it. Essentially follows a girl named Hina, and she lives in a location that's near a breakwater, of course. 
and then she ends up being essentially <laughs> essentially blackmailed into joining a fishing club and so she joins uh, an old friend of her Natsumi and two other uh, uh senpais uh, Yuki and Makoto as they go out and they do different fishing and i think this recent episode they uh went on a big trip Jackie. yeah i went, went on a huge trip to get some so it was funny cuz they're like uh, we're going to go out and get you a jacket thing. A jacket, yeah. And then uh, at some point she's like, yeah, I brought $100, essentially $100. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> $100 is not going to buy you a jacket. <laughs> and sure enough, they get in that store and she's like, oh, great, this is the one I want. And she turns off the thing. I'm like, yeah, especially in Japan, you're not going to buy a jacket for $100. Uh, it was it was, it was was funny. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a cute girl doing cute things fishing version and Watching them as they, it does a pretty good job of kind of going through different kind of things in fishing, fishing line, different fishing tactics for catching different types of fish, and um, then afterwards preparing them really quickly and then enjoying them. That's kind of the the whole deal with it, which has been pretty fun so far. I think the the first three episodes were okay. I, I, they were kind of just that bubbly show for the season. It's of course Dogokobo, who does cute girls doing cute things really well. And um, it's been a fun experience. And I think the the return of them um, after this long, long break from the spring season when they originally started uh, is very much welcome. And I hope that they can conclude it this time. <laughs> it would be great. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I it makes you kind of want to go deep sea fishing for for definite. But yeah, it's been adorable and fun. And yeah. Yeah, Hina's, Hina's like that character that she's always been like, She's always sewn like that was her thing. Was she, she was she wanted to actually join a sewing club, and now she's kind of getting pulled into the world of fishing, where it's you know outside of her comfort zone and having a a friend Natsumi who's like really kind of a gankyish character, a little bit of a troublemaker is always kind of that uh, opposite that will pull her out of her her comfort zone. Yuki's kind of the you know that she's a good big sis kind of character, but at the same time she's kind of lazy and <laughs> a little bit you know crude in some ways. And then Makoto being the kind of the the big sister silent type is is really what it is. So it's a lot of fun. It's good good little cast with some great chemistry between them, and it's been a lot of fun so far. And again, hope, I'm glad to see it back, and hopefully we'll see it conclude to its end. And the dangers of, of being too close to somebody when they're first learning how to cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when this last episode reminded me of that whole thing because Natsumi went she running. Went run, <laughs> right behind the moment she else. went to go cast, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That was a thing, wasn't it? Uh, another one that's returning is the millionaire detective Balance Unlimited or Fugo Keiji Balance Unlimited. Um, of course, still streaming on Funimation, running for 12, 11 episodes, uh, done by Cloverworks based off of a novel. And this one, we only got like two episodes out of it, an original run in spring. And now that it's back, we got our third episode, (laughs) uh, which returned kind of funnily. Uh, It it was a a goofy... It felt very goofy, this episode. And and I guess technically it's always been goofy. Um, But the the conclusion of this one was especially goofy, having this whole kind of goofy... pulling a random idol group out of nowhere <laughs> to distract the, the old ladies that wanted to go to the idol group showing and all that. I, I think the thing that I appreciated most about this last episode, because our big complaint when we did our first impressions back in spring 
one of my complaints was that I felt like the chemistry is not going to work. Like Haru is really loud and very opinionated and he has to get his opinion out there and he's just, just always yelling about things. But Daisuke was like this very confident, quiet, rich guy <laughs> that just gets things done and doesn't really talk that much. And I felt like they weren't, it was, it's, it's going for the buddy cop thing, but I didn't think it was going to work just because of how quiet Daisuke was and just how loud Haru was. And then out of nowhere, at the beginning of this new episode, <laughs> we finally get like facial expressions out of Daisuke as he's very upset about certain things, uh, especially with the whole thing with the grandma and, and kind of Haru revealing that you know he's working for Haru and that he's he's a, he's a troublemaker at times and then the, the mom getting on to was it mom or grandma I think it was a I grandma. Think it was a grandma grandma getting on to Daisuke and then Daisuke looking very obviously upset about it <laughs> I'm like okay we have expressions out of Daisuke um, but yeah it seems like it seems like that personality is coming out of Daisuke and I I think that's gonna help out a lot I don't want too much out of him because I do like his I do like his confidence and his quietness. But I just want something, a little something, an expression out of him, and I think I'm starting to get that. So it's it's giving me a lot of hope going forward. I, I mean, I was I was already enjoying it with the first two episodes, but the third episode really did kind of solidify that this could be a really good show if they keep this going. So yeah, definitely. Uh, the, there was also the the aspect of Daisuke actually looking over at him at Haru and saying. How do you want to deal with this? Or <laughs> yeah. how do you uh, what What do you want to do? Yeah. You know, and, and it was like, tell me what you want done, and I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was balance unlimited. <laughs> it was one of those moments where they they both uh, reached across the aisle. So it, I I I I can't I can't see this show if it doesn't doesn't if this wasn't the actual bridge between the two of them. Like we can find a middle ground. Yeah. Now that we have a middle ground, the show can only explode or just fail miserably. So, but uh, as it stands right now, I've enjoyed so much of what I've watched. So I don't see it going downhill from here. I'm sorry for everybody that didn't really hear our first, first impressions, but essentially it's following a guy named Haru who used to be a part of this one uh, police agency. And then he kind of left that agency and joined another one for another, you know, basically uh, services, uh, criminal services kind of thing. And at some point, this guy named Daisuke, who is like this very rich guy, uh, joins that agency and starts working under it. Daisuke has basically, as the the title leads you to believe, a, an unlimited balance of money. And so he buys his way through every situation. So he solves cases by just throwing money at it, essentially. Like he, if he sees that there's a hostage situation in a building, he will buy the building and shoot rockets into it. <laughs> And that's how he avoids doing criminal acts is because everything that he is, you know, destroying or or taking over is something he ends up buying with his unlimited balance of money. Haru is somebody that just hates that. He hates the idea of somebody throwing money at things. He wants to solve it the old-fashioned way, do it the right way. And so that's where that partnership the two of them have kind of colliding, colliding all the time. So, yeah. A lot of fun. We'll see. We'll see if it keeps up at it. But I'm glad to see that again. Glad to see it's back. Want to see it kind of conclude and um, have fun in it. So another one that's returning. Apare Ranma. Apare Ranman is streaming on Funimation. Don't know how long it's going for. Typically, PA Works goes for two cores. Um, but I think there was a lot of. I think we we're kind of edging more the idea that this could possibly be a single core show. So uh, yeah, PA Works is working on it. Source is original. 
genres are comedy and historical. And again, this is a returning one. I think we got the fourth episode, which we before had three episodes of it and our first impressions on it. Uh, essentially follows a guy named Apare and Kosame, Kosame. And Apare is like a genius inventor guy, likes to tinker with things. At some point, he gets in trouble in Japan, makes a boat, and flees Japan. Uh, Kosame reluctantly is kind of dragged along because he felt like he was going to dishonor his family if he did not catch Apare and he was getting away, so he decided to go with him. And they end up getting picked up by a random boat out in the ocean and then brought to America where there is this kind of cross-country uh, race that's going to be taking place. And Apari decides that he wants to do that, whereas Kasami just wants to go back to Japan. <laughs> so uh, Kasami essentially is going along with Apari, hoping that they win and then he can get the money to go back to Japan. So that's kind of where left off. The... Recent episode, I think, um, I enjoyed the third episode. I know that the first and second episode was kind of like, eh, it looks good. I'm not sure if I want to, it's really catching me too much. It's very kind of a colorful show, but at the same time, it's not really doing anything spectacular. I think I really enjoyed the third episode, because that was the episode they had the first real kind of big race between them and Al, who was like this guy from Europe or something. Like He's like the quote-unquote BMW, I think it was. There's always knockoffs of each company. <laughs> um, so they had like this big race and had a fun little ending to it. Um, all that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really hitting on me too much. I wasn't really too invested in it. I think the fourth episode they recently released was a lot of fun because it kind of got into Jing, who was this girl working at this racetrack and getting kind of that little, yeah, technically that little element of like this is the boys club. Um, but she really wants to join in because she enjoys that, enjoys racing and, and uh, driving. And it just it did it told like a really good small story that I really did kind of enjoy. I loved seeing her kind of struggle, uh, the rest of them getting involved. It was just a cool little episode that kind of re-sparked my interest in the series. So again, kind of similarly, I hope they kind of keep up this new um I guess keep up the pace that they're going with now. Like they, they've jumped up forward. Hopefully they can keep at it at this point. So, yeah, the first first few episodes weren't really working with me. I did like uh, Jing, and I liked her 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 struggles. Um, the race with the um, with Al was fine. I I I I got more of a kick out of the humor involved in a lot of the the tinkering that Apare does. That that I think is probably the most exciting. <laughs> Yeah, randomly pulls out a Segway. And that is what Al wants and really, 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 really bad. <laughs> no, the girl, he's like, I don't want anything. And the, the girl like, okay, I'll take it. He's like, no, I want it. <laughs> and they catch him later riding it. Uh, so so it, it, it's, it, this show has been really hit and miss for me. I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it per se because I, I do like some of the, the characters and their interactions. But that's, that's about it. Yeah, man. I we every episode we wonder if they're ever going to do the, and that's the thing is like yeah technically if they went to core it doesn't seem like it's not pacing very well but if they're going to go a single core the pacing on the race is not going well so far because we're already four episodes in and they haven't even started the cross country race so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do there um, I guess technically yeah they've they've not I'm trying to remember the intro, but I think they've only really introduced half of the cast so far, half of the racers, quote unquote. So 
not sure if they've actually they're actually going to pull off unless they just skip a lot of the characters and then introduce them during the race or again go two cores which PA Works is known for doing two core shows so that wouldn't surprise me too much well they do the two cores two two seasons too don't they Mm-hmm. that what they've been doing lately with the the weird you mean weird split sh- cores yeah the split core thing uh the last two sh- well seriously jaeger went split core um and i think the fairy yeah fairy gone did split cores so and yeah, those I mean, were 24 episodes each weren't they yeah 12 episodes skipped in a season and then oh, okay. had another 12 episodes that's okay. what i mean by split cores where they don't have it all in one run they They'll do it in spring and then winter or something like that, or spring and fall or winter and summer, which sucks because I hate when having that gap. But they usually kind of announce that stuff pretty early on, so that you know, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to wait to get the second half. So yeah, but everything's been weird. This everything's been technically weird. Yes, that's true. Uh, next one we have is Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. Peter Grill to Kinja no Jikan. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll, running for an unknown amount of episodes. It is a short that runs 12-minute episodes each. The studio is Wolfsbane. Sources of manga. The genres are harem, comedy, etchy, fantasy. And the director on this one is Tatsumi, who does pretty much nothing but hentai. So, so you know, <laughs> getting into this is a show that's pretty much a softcore hentai. So, uh, yeah, it follows a guy named Peter Grill, who just recently... Won like this big huge tournament. He's deemed by many people, or pretty much like the entire world, that he is like the strongest warrior out there. And as such, many women in the world want to have his DNA so that they can breed strong children. And so, uh, thus begins his adventures of keeping away from said girls as he tries to keep himself strictly for his fiance, Luvelia who um, unfortunately does not know where babies come from because she's that pure and that sheltered by her very protective father. So, uh, yeah. Essentially, every girl in the world will have hit him in the sack uh, before they ever figure out that babies do not come from storks. This is very true. <laughs> He's going to have tons of babies except for the one I think her one dad is lo- going to get in bed with him before she does. that's possible (laughs) uh yeah it's a very very edgy show uh lots of god rays everywhere if you're watching the currently streaming version of it uh which is really annoying because it's not really god rays it's like the god light bulbs that just shine from one spot i don't know if i like the 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 circle of light versus the god beams because the god beams at least look okay not not that they look natural but they look kind of natural Whereas the the god bulbs just kind of, I don't know. It's all distracting. I don't know what you're talking it's all, about. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> it's like they literally look like they have high beams. They I literally get, look like high I beams. I just get, oh, we're getting going to get into a, a fun time. And then big old no, white blocks and on then, the screen. And there's the newest one. It's the god um, towel. Like one character literally had like a, it looked like she was wearing a towel. That is true. Bright. I've <laughs> never seen that before. It's like. Just do the beams in the, the the each section. You don't have to do like a whole towel. It looked like it literally looked like a towel that she was wearing, but she wasn't wearing a towel. It was very it was new. It was very new. Um, so yeah, your thoughts? It's fun. 
fun and goofy. That's about it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 the. I'm not gonna say it's. I mean, it is it is funny. It, like like we were talking about making fun of uh, Luvelia. It she's 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 sweet and cute, but I, well, I wouldn't say cute. She's she's deadpan uh, and sweet, but it the the humor is really around his the the fact that he literally everybody and their mom wants him in bed except for the one person he wants to get in bed which has no clue why he doesn't break it to her i don't know i guess maybe he just likes that innocence i don't know yeah a lot of it's a lot of it's the comedy is around the idea of kind of hiding the yeah. hiding the the temptresses in the closet while somebody's talking to you in the room that kind of comedy uh the working around the dad and the dad's suspicions and being stuck at the dinner table with no pants on as the dad's trying to get you to change chairs <laughs> he's like no i would not move for this spot you're telling a king you know he's like i would not leave her side safe oh <laughs> uh, yeah this is a lot of a lot of goofy etchy fun so check that out if you wish it's peter grill and the philosopher's time uh, next one's another short, Uma Yon. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll. The length of each episode is three minutes. It essentially is a chibi version of the Uma Musume Pretty Derby franchise. If you ever guys seen that one, PA Works did a, uh, a series for it. It essentially was originally a smartphone game that eventually turned into an anime by PA Works where it just follows a world where there exists horse people and the horse and this took their main character special week. She went and did races. And of course the big thing behind that was that each of these girls in this kind of league of racing were all technically based off of real life horses and horse gambling, that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun with that series. This one's just kind of a chibi version of it where it just kind of tackles different characters doing different goofy skits. Each of the episode, there was like one where they had like a full Broadway show going on um, one episode is where they were trying to create a introduction video for the school, and there's kind of those little goofy little shorts. It's based off of four comma manga, so they're not really long stories or anything. They're three minutes long, but yeah, it's been it's it's fun and cute. That's about all I can really say about it. I guess it's technically one of those ones where if you're a big huge fan of the Mamuzeme series, you'll probably want to see more of it, and you're probably already watching it. Um, but other than that, it's not really doing anything. I don't think you're really going to get anything out of it unless you watch the franchise. Really, yeah, honestly, I I would agree. I and I almost I almost suspect, I, and and take this as a grain of salt because if you're more into this shit this the this series than me, then you'll probably notice it right away. I haven't taken the time to go and find out, but it seems like maybe some of the the at least some of the newer. It seems like there's more girls in this one where uh girls that were not in the original series so like the ones that probably are popular that didn't get in the main show they're probably tossing them into this because it seems like a few of them i didn't recognize the name but i could be very wrong i uh, there's a Mm. lot of girls in this show so (laughs) well i mean that was one of the issues i had with the original series besides like four of them i really didn't get to know many of them so it was difficult to really remember any of the characters names but yeah that's umo yon on crunchyroll if you're a fan of umo Musume, check that out let's see i 
I want to keep Fruits Basket for when we do our review of it because we're almost done with that second core, but it's been it's been a um it's been a lot more emotional the last <laughs> core, so uh Fire Force came back, Fire Force season two. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll running for twenty four episodes. Inen no Shibotai ni no show. And um yeah, of course being done by Studio David Productions. So for those who don't know, Fire Force basically takes place in Japan. At some point, um people started spontaneously human combusting and not only that, setting them being turned on fire, but also turning into demons that attack people around them, family members, neighbors, anybody. And um, mankind decided to create fire forces that go out there and beat them and basically lay them to rest. So they always kind of go in with like a, a nun that can say a prayer. They tackle them down, take them out, and then they're, they're laid to rest um, peacefully. So, And then uh, we follow a guy named Shinra. He joins one of these uh, groups, the Station 8 or whatever, a fire force, and he is kind of special that uh, they eventually at some point in the later parts of the first season start, they call him a, Adela, they have that he has what they call Adela burst and it's like a special ability. And um, they're currently at the time right now in season two, trying to acquire the fifth one of these Adela bursts or pillars that they, they say that have these special powers. So yeah, your thoughts so far on season two, of Fire Force. Is it, are, are we sure that it's the fifth pillar and not the fourth pillar? Because I know we were discussing that yesterday, and I, I wasn't sure if I messed you up or not. It's fifth. Okay. Because uh, there's the girl that we haven't got her name yet that was manipulating Shinra. We have the brother. Then we have... Uh, what's her name? Hamea. Then you have Shinra. And then the new girl. I even have her on here. No, I don't have the new girl in here. Derpy face, crazy girl. <laughs> this uh, this show has been been as as it was before. It's it's still just crazy fun. Um, I I still really really love the 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 mangaka's artwork. So it, it and and it's just been a crazy crazy show. So <laughs> yeah, um, been having fun with it. Yeah, I'm. I I. I kind of keep bouncing back and forth with this series. <laughs> like, like when it first started, I loved it because it was like this whole thing of like, they go into these houses with these family and they're, you know, they're of course upset because like their father is now, you know, spontaneously combusted. And they were very respectful. Like, don't draw your weapons until we get inside the house because we don't want to show that we're attacking their family member. We want to put them at peace. And so there's like this element of like service to the people and putting these people to rest. And it had like this eeriness feel to a lot of the situations they ran into. Like I always mentioned with the, with the first review was like they went to this one home and the father was literally forcing himself not to move from the dinner table because he didn't want to hurt anybody. It was a very, it was like a very unsettling scene that was just so well portrayed. And then it just kind of, it keeps transitioning to different things. I was joking with Chris, like this last episode, I'm like, he does this, the writer does this whole thing where, you know, we're doing firefighting and, and stopping people in houses, and then boom, suddenly out of nowhere, we're going after the brother, and we're going into a deep dark organization of the evangelist, and we're fighting in underground tunnels with superpowers and things exploding, and then suddenly, we're, pivot, we're going this direction. Now we're going after this mechanic guy, and now suddenly, it's all about the out of the burst, and 
Now oh, it's yeah. all about the Not pillars. To the, the, it's the, like the <laughs> focus just goes on one thing and it just – everything else disappears. And that's how the storytelling really feels like. It Suddenly it pivots and now we're focusing on this and only this and everything else doesn't matter. And I don't know if I like that or not. It, it, it really does depend on if what I like that it's focusing on is good or not and everything else just gets drowned out. The, my biggest frustration is I still to this day have no clue who the bad guy is. None, <laughs> none whatsoever. At 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 the beginning, it was kind of the 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 well, naturally it's the fire. Uh, so then, at some point, it became the evangelist. Then, at some point, it became the no, it was like this the Joker company, guy they thought that was causing the, the, the yeah the Joker the bugs. the bugs. I mean, we we've got so many dadgum bad guys, and none of them are bad guys. So if, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's probably my point. Is it doesn't it it feels like it doesn't have a focus half the time, and I feel like I don't know what they're going after half the time. It just feels like what's in front of them beat it up, and <laughs> and unfortunately, I kind of felt fatigue for Shinra. Like Shinra's the main character, and I feel fatigue watching him in battle anymore. And I think that's partly because he's been fighting this Sharon guy for like three episodes. It feels like now. That's true. And it feels like it's the same thing over and over again. He charges, kicks, charges, kicks, charges, kicks. And I'm like, this needs to evolve somehow. This is not. And, and I think they did. He got the rock on power. When he fought. <laughs> yeah. Now he does his fingers like this and he, he charges faster. I don't know. Um, the fight with show was really awesome at the end of last season. I think that was that because I was feeling fatigue in the second core of the first season, too. And the, the fight with show was like, oh, this is really cool. This was a cool fight scene. And then I'm right back now where Shinra's charge kick, charge kick, charge kick. And I'm, I'm, I'm the entire time I'm going, just use the crazy thing you used on show and you'll beat him. Like, probably. No, we're going to make a, a fireball biting thing out my foot. I, <laughs> it's like it's, he's not a fun character to watch fight for three episodes. And I, I think that's the thing that's always been good with Fire Force with the action scenes. They always felt pretty fast. And now that we're getting kind of like the very shonen and long battles, I'm starting to realize that I don't really like watching you fight, honestly, for that long, especially. Like, watch. Let's let's just cut to Arthur, who's fighting Hame. Maybe maybe that'll be a funner. Bring fight out than the this. old man so that he can go overpowered because he's a <laughs> he's got in a shield. <laughs> Tamaki fall over and lose her clothes again. Uh, poor Tamaki. I wish Tamaki got oh, better. Like she's, <laughs> I see she's a fun character to watch fight. She has like the whole crazy cat Tanuki thing, and she's just jumping all over the place, and she never gets to fight. Like they literally turned her into a nun, which is great. I like to see her nun outfit, but now she's not even fighting anymore. Like bring other characters in, let them fight. Shinra is not a fun character to watch fight. Unfortunately, she totally pulled off the new, lewd nun. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she could pull off anything. She does technically pull off everything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively, she pulls out everything. Uh, Maki at least had a really cool moment. I, I love Maki fight getting some really awesome scenes, but I don't know. It, it's it's hard to find find a focus in the show, and I think that's my struggle with it so far. But yeah, yeah we I haven't had the Joker. We haven't had the Joker in what half. She's in the he's in the intro, and it really does imply they're going to show his backstory. Um, but yeah, I was joking about with Chris the other day. I'm like, we haven't really seen anything with Joker, and we knew that Victor Licht was with them. Uh, we know that Victor Licht was with him, and I had to remind myself in this last episode. Yeah, that's right. 
Licht was like with this Joker guy, and when is he going to finally show that he's been tricking them all along? Which we technically never, it never implied that Joker was bad. So Joker feels like he's kind of the millman, going to probably be in some gray area. Yeah, like I said, we have no clue who the bad guy is. I mean, <laughs> it's the the evangelist, obviously. Yeah, and we assume. We assume, yes. We assume because they're, they're that trying to everybody is this big catastrophe. That's yeah. obviously bad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Fire Force season two. I mean, it's always entertaining though. But like I said, every now and then it feels like, eh, what are we doing? I mean, at least I, I liked the guy that had the the brooms or whatever he was in the yeah. Benimaru. Benimaru. I, I mean, I liked that was an absolutely phenomenal arc. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good good segment. Definitely did, did enjoy that. Uh, my team react to comedy snafu climax or yahari ore no seishun love comedy wa machikataru kan. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll. Running for an unlimited of episodes, probably a single core. Being done by Studio Feel. The source is light novel. The genres are slice of life comedy, drama, romance, and school. And this one, of course, takes off right where we left off for the second season. Of course, it's the third season of Romantic Comedy Snafu. Um, mainly this, the, the main point here, for those that are kind of possibly know something about Romantic Comedy Snafu, it essentially started off with a guy named Hikyu who's not really social, kind of getting forced into joining a club along with Yukino and Yui, who the club is essentially is one of those kind of do help people kind of clubs and the teacher was kind of hoping this would be a good way to kind of fix Hickey's attitude. And it's kind of blossomed from that to a lot of different kind of arcs that it's gone through. A lot of the main focus kind of sitting around the, the characters themselves, Hickey, his, his kind of brash attitude, often kind of self-sacrificing attitude. I think that's been like one of the main uh, characteristics of his character is very self-sacrificing, which is detrimental to him and other people around him, even though he doesn't realize it. Uh, Yui and Yukino. The Yukino has kind of been the main focus of this particular se- uh, um, season, um, in that he she is currently trying to quote unquote make her own decisions and not let other people kind of guide her into her path. And um, for that reason, I'm haven't been too fond of this season, but that's mainly because I'm not a huge fan of Yukino at all. Um, but we all know where this is going to end. We all know where this is going to end. But yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable so far. I mean, I'm putting jokes aside, I loved kind of the whole part of having uh, Kumachi, who is Hiki's uh, sister, uh, finally kind of passing her test, and the kind of celebratory aspect of that, the emotional kind of feeling of a, a bigger brother kind of seeing success in his sister was really fantastic. Love the whole uh, thank you, brother, for all you've done for me kind of segment was really, really... I a lot of emotional moments this season. I've already kind of had to choke back a couple points of tears, <laughs> especially when she passed the entrance exam. That was great as well. Um, yeah, it's um, other than that, I'm just I don't know. I <laughs> I'm just dreading what I know is coming. That's all it is. I'm dreading what I know is coming. But it is great to see all my characters again. Kind of see that it, it does feel like we've we've gotten past a lot of the more uh, witty comedy that uh, comedy snafu has been having. Um, like I said, romantic comedy snafu has always been a show that's kind of a mixture between these really heavy drama points that usually center around, um, uh, decisions makings by Hickey that's, like I said, usually self, 
uh, deprecating or self-sacrificing for situations to kind of be resolved and the effects that that has the people around him. Um, a lot of character storytelling with each of the characters that are in the entire situation. But then there's also this kind of mixture of the witty jokes between Hickey and other characters. We've seen a little bit of that with this season between him and his sister. That That's always been a thing that's been fantastic throughout the entire series. I've always loved uh, the you know, the character interplay between uh, Hickey and his sister has always been the most fun comedic points, but it just doesn't feel like there's that many points in this season so far. It just kind of feels like it's more focused on kind of the uneasiness that each of these characters have with where they're going in the future. And a lot of that again is focused on Yukino currently because she is trying to find her own path, despite the fact that her mother and Similarly, sort of, her sister may be pushing her in a certain direction that she doesn't want to go into. So, we'll see. I, I'm fully expecting heartbrokenness and um, lots of lots of tears. So, we'll see with this apparently final season of Romantic Comedy Snafu. So, your thoughts so far? I I unfortunately shut down on this show way back in the second season sometime and I really don't want to bash all over it. I nothing so far has changed my mind about this story, so you could have told me it I would have watched it alone. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't want to watch it. I could have watched it alone. No, I've I I haven't liked it for a long time. Good to know. <laughs> I, 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 I like I said before, I don't like Hickey. I never have. I don't think you're supposed to like him. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to like him. Uh, Sword Online's War of Underworld, Alicization, Part 2, uh, Redux, uh, Version 3.0. Uh, is there other subtitles for this? No, it's just War of Underworld, Alicization, Part 2. Uh, yeah, streaming on Crunchyroll. Apparently running for 11 episodes, so apparently they're going to be able to wrap it up quicker than a full core. Uh, of course, being done by A1 Pictures, and I do really don't really have to give you an introduction if you don't like Sword Online, you don't care. <laughs> if you've watched Sword Online, you already know what's going on. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, soft spoiler for anybody that's not watched anything Sword Online, you're, you're probably already skipping forward and you're not hearing any of this. But uh, yeah, the entire the entire team has finally showed up into the into the Alicization servers, and now they're all helping fight the crazy Americans. And now we have Chinese. Apparently all of, all of China <laughs> has joined in now. Uh, a weird person named Mei Mei and Moonface showed up. I don't have no clue who they are, but apparently they're somebody important. So we'll see if they do anything interesting. But yeah, it's basically the entire harem shows up to save Kirito and everybody. And um, more... Reveals that we already knew was coming, that there's more Laughing Coffee members popping into there. Uh, <laughs> P-A-O-H. And, of course, Gabriel was already revealed pretty much as a... I think they revealed Gabriel's being a Laughing Coffin, didn't they? Was it just P-O-H? Yeah, I think they... They're all Laughing Coffin. Yeah, coughing. they're all Laughing Coffin. <laughs> um, I'm sure Klein will be revealed <laughs> soon was, enough as I, a it, Laughing Coffin. It was coughing. a huge surprise. I mean, they revealed... He was a part of Laughing Coffin. And yeah, Gabriel was, because he came in with the gun to... Uh, because he used his GGO account. Yes. No. That was the other guy. POH is the one who was using his uh, 
GGO account. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're no, right. No, you're right. You're right. No, no, no. no, no you're right because uh, he, he had already went. He, back I know in. he gave him a, lo- a a login for his account and it, it said GGO in it, but I don't remember if we if when he popped up and showed up in front of Sinon if he had a gun. Or if it was just a fantasy character. No, I don't think that they they showed him per se. They just she just it was her reaction to him because she knew who he was. And that would be why she would recognize him if he was from GGO, right? Because she's only been in GGO. Um, probably bring up the wrong episode. So they probably already had an episode out. I bet, unfortunately, there's not much else to say so far about this season. It's just basically been people showing up and just fighting. Um, we randomly, uh, re- find out that, uh, Sketa is madly in love with the monk guy. So that's a thing. <laughs> love blossoming on the battlefield. <laughs> Suddenly they're talking about having babies together. <laughs> no, th- that was, that wasn't, uh, I mean, they were kind of hinting at it the entire time. So. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it was technically one of those things. Well, no, I, I, it was hinting at it, but it wasn't like have my babies hinting. <laughs> They well, literally that, said only, they wanted to have children that's together. That's only because they were getting ready to die. So you, you have experience in nearly wanting to die and then have babies? Yes. Like, you're like, crap, you, I'm going you, you, to drive there, off this you're cliff. Sitting I'm there, have babies. Yes, I'm going to have babies, obviously, because it was the only person who I fell in love with. I'm going to have, have babies with in my, in my imaginary world. Why does it keep reloading? Because Crunchyroll is broke. Oh, it's Crunchyroll is right. Sorry. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. I give up. Uh, Didn't you have to go through uh, Chrome last time or something? I think he was... I want to say that he had a GGO outfit. But, like, again, Sinan's not going to recognize him unless he's from GGO because Sinan wasn't there for the Laughing Coffin. So So we have one Laughing Coughing person, and I guess technically he still could be Laughing Coughing. He could still be Laughing Coughing. Because a lot of the Laughing Coughing went to there with the whole dead bullet thing. Or... It's somebody involved in the death, um, which were laughing coffee people. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They were probably they kind of just transferred over. But yeah, they, they were. That would have to have been that person. I'm just waiting remember, for that moment in this because he has it in every freaking season. That would be who he is because you remember when they were trying to to get the death bullet guy. There was two of them, right? One was the one that shot the bullet in the game, and then there was the was the one that injected mm-hmm. him. So he would be the one that actually shot the bullet, so which would which would mess her up because she would think that he's already been captured, and for him to show up in front of her again would be kind of scary. No, they knew that they didn't capture him. The other one, they they caught the other one, yeah, but they, and they knew at that time there was two people, so. Mm-hmm. They just they just got rid of the actual bullet. They didn't get rid of the gun. Right. Which which Man. what I was saying. Which what I'm saying is that death gun in showing up in front of her would be kind of scary. Kind of a uh, one of those post traumatic moments. Yeah. But no, I'm still I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I'm 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 enjoying spending time with your ex girlfriend. She has been really great. We've had a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, we'll enjoy a lot more Don't fun times way, going Andrew. forward. <laughs> she's everybody's ex-girlfriend that we enjoy being around. So we can go on. She's, she's a blast. She does good karaoke. Um, she has lots of, uh, cute waifus that kind of run around her all the time. So my poor Silica didn't get an entrance like that everybody else. Terrible. Dude. Everybody got like a, even Klein got a dramatic yeah. intro. 
And then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, by the way, there's also Elizabeth and Silica. It's like the other two best girls. We're just gonna you know, there they are. Everybody got a cool interest except for Elizabeth and Silica. Just so so bad. And it's funny because it, it is one of those ones where it's it's surprising how much I still get emotionally attached to the characters. Like just seeing Sinon breaking down in front of Kirito was still pretty emotional to see. Fanacio and her kind of it technically imply that she was pregnant with Borcolius's child was kind of emotional as well. I do have a lot of character connection with a lot of these characters. And I think it's mainly because we've been, yeah, some of them has always been only been this recent arc, but most of them we've kind of been around for such a long time that you just want to see it to the end. Even if there is, you know, dry points or this point in storytelling that you really hate, like seeing <laughs> Suguha be basically tentacle invaded uh was not fun but <laughs> there's times that the writer does things you don't like but uh it's still something you really enjoy seeing to the end so he's trying to keep things fresh i mean doesn't mean we don't want to murder him bad but timing hey, chris he... bad timing bad timing was yes it was okay don't mess with suguha Lifa does not deserve that Anyway, sorry, we we're done. I don't know what <laughs> I, you you just totally <laughs> threw me off, and I don't know what I was saying. So, yeah, I, <laughs> Not I, what I was saying. I, what you, you were saying? I was you were saying, saying you were saying something. I thought I was saying something in response to that as a joke, and then you threw everything for a loop. It was just an appropriate scene. That's all. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I just yeah. I'm I'm lost. I'm 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 broke. You just ruined okay. it. Everything's ruined. Rezero. I don't know. Rezero. Starting life in another world. Season two. Or Rezero Kara Hejimero Isekai Saiketsu. Second season. Uh, we're streaming on Crunchyroll for twelve episodes. Unfortunately, I think they're only doing twelve episodes. At least that's what they listed as. Not going to core apparently. And my studio White Fox light novel drama fantasy psychological thriller. For those that don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know pretty popular show even though some people hate it again this is probably go back in the uh ex-girlfriend segment here soon probably we have falls guy named subaru who is kind of transported into another world a fantasy world where he runs into a girl named emilia who everybody hates because they believe that she is this gray witch that brings zash upon the world and the weird kind of quirk to this isekai show is that he every time he dies he gets kind of taken back to a almost checkpoint so he dies, and he'll go back to a certain point. He might be able to get to the next checkpoint where, you know, series events happens. And then if he dies again, he can possibly go to another checkpoint. But very, very much the element of this particular storytelling. And, of course, everybody else doesn't know when that reset happens except for him. He retains all of his memories. So he, if, you know, say he goes down an alleyway and somebody stabs him in the back, he could know if he goes down the alleyway again that person stabbed him in the back. And so he can kind of change the future. Doesn't always work out. <laughs> Often doesn't. And, uh, yeah, I guess the overall stories, there's like these, uh, again, Amelia, who is deemed as this, this witch. There's this, um, kind of a, a queen selection thing that they're doing, which Amelia is involved with and some other, um, possible candidates. And, a lot of things happening. Again, the white witch that is actually existing, um, and yeah, that's, um, basically, I guess the, 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 the gist of it so far. 
a nutshell. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. There's big whales consuming people's memories of certain people. <laughs> Who is Rem? I love Amelia. All that kind of stuff is also in there. Uh, there's a terrible person named Beetle Goose that everybody wants to punch and mm-hmm. desses. Uh, so far in this season, it's kind of shifted to them trying to find Rosewall, who is in what they what he calls a sanctuary. Uh, they eventually, well, technically before that, they're in the caravan, and um, Rem's existence gets cleared from everybody except for Subaru, and she's in a coma, and I'm very angry about it, and, uh, and then they go to the <laughs> sanctuary. <laughs> I hate this season so far. And then we meet a new uh, a new witch, which is kind of cool. Hopefully, not not going to turn into some crazy character. Like her to be kind of neutral right now. Just the stay gray neutral. witch. Just just stay a gray witch. Be kind of fun. I don't know if you can say. I don't know if that's possible. We also got like a cool little insight into Subaru's family, which that was a lot of fun. Well, if if. Okay, that that's spoilery. I'll talk to you about it off off. Yeah, off podcast. <laughs> spoilery. It is one of those ones where every time I watch an episode, I just kind of get sucked into it. And I, this is the same case with the first season. I just get sucked into the world. Are they I want to see what happens. Episodes this time, or have they been? It's the same length as normal. Not any hour long ones. No. We, we haven't had any hour-long episodes. That was the thing with the first season as well, is that they had, like, what, the first two episodes were an hour long? Seems like it. They had a lot to cover. And now we have literally 13 episodes that are, you know, normal length, so it's not going to cover too much. No, I, I just get lost in this world every time an episode starts up, and it, it just seems like it goes by so fast. And the ending music starts playing, and I'm going, crap, it's already over already. <laughs> Now, granted, they don't really do many intros or outros, so you get pretty much the full length of the episode to storytelling. But, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of constantly wanting more and more. But like I said, at the same time, I don't... Stuff has happened this season, but at the same time, it feels like nothing's really happened so far. Like, it hasn't really progressed anywhere. Like I said, you had pretty much the big issue happening with Rim. You had the traveling to the sanctuary... And that's really it. I mean, yeah, the, technically it, the backstory for Subaru, or not really backstory, but Subaru kind of s- seeing his parents again. Doesn't it seem like that's what they do every time it's a, a first a first run? Like he he does his first his first walk playthrough of the the round, and then if you want to call it a playthrough, I mean, using the terms that they're kind of playing on is the first playthrough. He goes to the fu- the first bad end and then from that that point on then it starts becoming shorter as he gets to the the good end seems like that's well, they've already they've had been... one mess around with the reset point and now it's yeah, it's been a long time since they've really touched any of the reset right. stuff right and then and that's what i mean if, if, if you think about it it seems like every time he he goes through the first playthrough and then he goes back to the checkpoint and then each each playthrough after consecutive playthrough it gets shorter and shorter as you're you're building up to the the good end per se. So I don't the know. first playthrough like a lot of time. Like the it longest. seems like a lot of time. Yeah, the first I can see that, but there, it does seem like a lot of the cases it it does last one pretty long as well, like showing how he possibly finds that resolve and it 
it really does give you a sense of like, okay, this is going on for a long time. I hope he actually pulls it off this time and okay, he does kind of thing. It does it does kind of give that feeling of like, okay, we've been spending way too much on this time. He's got to pull it off this time. Otherwise, I feel like we've wasted time again. <laughs> yeah, I almost felt like that last the last episode was going to be the the um, reset point per se. But no, apparently we're going another episode. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it, it continues to excel in the idea that I don't want anything to happen to these characters that I've grown to love. Um, at the same time, I'm really kind of fascinated by the world, and I want to see more of what uh, I know. I know a lot of recently. It, it feels like I want to know more about the the sins and how they kind of work in the whole system. I, I know we had a couple conversations with Chris trying to remember the whole. <laughs> past and everything that they revealed in the first uh, season, I, I really do feel like before the season's end, I almost want to kind of chug through the director's cut of everything just to get refreshed on it all. And then before it gets to the, the later episodes of this particular season. Again, I'm a little upset that they're only doing 13 episodes, but that maybe be a, maybe it's because it's a really good stopping point for the story. But yeah. Yeah, looking forward to more. We'll have to see. That's it. That's all the shows that we have for our first impressions. That wasn't too long, but again, I didn't really figure. Usually, our first impressions are long, but that's usually because we have like fifty episodes or fifty shows to go through. Because <laughs> seasons are usually a lot more shows in them than this particular season. It's been a kind of a, a, a lessing season than usual. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this run through of all the shows this particular season. Which which one is the best so far for you? Which one? Are, which one is your your favorite of the season so far? I would have to say Uzaki. Because that's the one that I'm literally having the most fun with. Yeah, it's kind of between um, Japan. Well, besides the returning shows, of course, I'm excited for Snafu and, and ReZero, especially. Um, but for like the newer shows, Japan Sinks is definitely up there. I think Decadence is because I want to see if it cross-anged. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there is other ones that I'm enjoying myself watching, but the one that stands out, absolutely stands out for me is definitely Uzaki. All right. We'll see. We'll see how things turn out. But uh, again, we'll we'll do a review of all these shows at the end of the season. Hope we look forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as usual, from MintakuSpirit.com, where we can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community forums, top social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. And all of our reviews and the review button at the top there if you want to listen to our actual reviews of a lot of these shows. Not these shows, but a lot of shows that we've done. I think it's like some 500 plus shows we've reviewed. Um, check those out. We hope you guys enjoyed. And you all take care. Oos! Oh